0: The sun of righteousness has dawned upon us. His light has destroyed the darkness of sin. His resurrection and warmth have banished the coldness of death. Arise, shine, O Christians, for your light has come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Warmest greetings to each and every one of you this Easter morning. I pray your your day is filled with joy and light. I pray that your day is filled with rest and family. If not family, some quiet time by yourself. The message of Easter is simple and straightforward. Christ is risen literally, physically from the dead. That means that he is who he said he is. And it also means that we will rise from the dead as well in our bodies. This astonishing teaching is the teaching of the apostolic scriptures, the teaching of all the creeds of the church, the teaching of the 2,000-year history of the church. These things are simply not disputed. But I've got a more difficult message for you today. I hope you enjoy it, but I'm not sure you will. Easter is the dawning of a new creation. In fact, the new creation, which means the new creation has already begun and is happening in our midst. If only we have ears to hear and eyes to see. In fact, something that often escapes our attention is we think of the end of this world as the apocalypse. And that's true. But the Greek word apocalypsis means unveiling. The ending of this creation is precisely the destruction of it, the unveiling, the tearing down of the veil so that we can see what already was and what now is. And that is the new creation, already begun in Easter and penetrating our lives even today. Now, to get into this, you need a little bit of Old Testament background. You need to know, for example, the prophet Malachi prophesying that the Messiah is the Son of Righteousness who will rise with healing in his wings and at whose rising we will skip like calves from their stalls. You'll want to know how it was in the rich hymnody, the psalmody of the Old Testament, where it is stated plainly, outright, that Yahweh Elohim, that the Lord God is a son, S-U-N. And as the Old Testament comes into the new, you might recall those words of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. I'm going to read them for you. Listen carefully. He says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. With this Old Testament background, with the understanding and anticipation of the Hebrew people in mind, we can see why it is that each one of the gospel accounts of the eyewitness testimony of the resurrection of our Lord say that it happened when? At sunrise. We are to see here a new sun rising. And if a new sun is rising, we have the dawning, literally, of a new creation. In the resurrection of Jesus, we see the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. We see the sunrise visiting us from on high with forgiveness and guiding our feet into the way of truth. We see in Jesus Yahweh Elohim, our son. We glimpse this too if we consider what occurred between noon and three when he hung from the cross. Supernatural darkness. The sun of this world was dimmed, kept by God from shining, as if to say, it has had its time. The old is passing away, the new sun, the new light has come. As our Lord said, I am the light of the world. That old sun, that old creation, what is it that Solomon says of it? There's nothing new under the sun. That's why when we turn on the news, we're always bored because it's the same old bad news over and over and over again. There's nothing new under the sun, it's all sin. It's all death. It's all sorrow. That sun is dimmed while the light of Christ shines from the cross. Why? Because here there is something new. Not only new under the sun, but indeed a new sun. Here is something new. God in human flesh. God laying down His life For you, that you might have eternal life. And on Easter morn, God in human flesh rising from the dead that we too might rise. It is the dawning of a new creation. Reflect with me, going all the way back to Genesis. What is the first thing that God creates? He speaks and says, let there be Light, and there is created light. On Easter, God speaks through the incarnate word, and there is uncreated light. He who is God of God and light of light. Go back one step earlier in the original creation, and what do you see? You see the Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. And what does our Lord Jesus say? You must be born anew. You must be born from above by water and the Spirit. It's St. Paul who shows us so explicitly how it is that we become part of the new creation. Born of our parents, we're simply flesh, doomed to sin and die. But in Christ we have new birth given to us, new birth of water and the Spirit. St. Paul says that when you were baptized, you were buried with Christ into death. In order that just as he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, you also might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. But what was that part just a moment ago? Just as our Lord was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that we too might what? Walk in newness of life. Present tense. Why, at the very end of the canonical scriptures, God the Father seated on the throne, doesn't say, "Behold, I am going to, I will, in the future, make all things new." He says, "I am making all things new, present tense." And St. Paul puts it this way in his second letter to the Corinthians. He says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is." A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Our world, the people of our world, countless of them, are miserable. They're drowning in sadness and sorrow and despair. It's darkness all around us. We're in this world too, but we will note that our Lord Jesus, even as He was scourged and crucified, His apostles and the holy martyrs, even as they were imprisoned, as all their possessions were taken away from them, as their bodies were beaten, and they lost physical ability. Even through all these sufferings, they were not miserable. They were filled with a deeper peace and a deeper joy. The old has passed away. The new has come. Dear Christians, we are a new creation through the waters of holy baptism. We can feel the sorrows and pains of this world, but we need to realize that they are passing away. We are given to walk in newness of life. There is no reason to be miserable. Just as our Lord Jesus was raised from the dead, we might walk in newness of life. Let me give you just a few concrete examples of what that means. Newness of life would surely have meaning for our daily life, would it not? So how is the old creation? You stay up way too late, don't you? On your iPhone? Or if maybe you're my age, video games? You stay up way too late, clinging to whatever little bit of scrap of freedom you can have, because that's all you get before you close your eyes. You wake up tired to the sound of your alarm. It's still dark. You think to yourself, why on earth am I getting up before the sun has risen? Oh yeah, to go work for somebody else. And you go about your day as if in drudgery. You think the person I'm working for isn't worthy of my work, and these co-workers I'm working with are irritating. And then you get home, you're tired, you're exhausted, and you realize you've only got a couple hours to yourself. And then what do you do? You've got to go to bed, but you don't go to bed. You get on your phone or your video games again. And repeat. And repeat. What does it mean to walk in newness of life? it is to realize that God has already changed your days. You come home after a tired, long day of work, and you lay down to go to sleep, and the first thing you do is you make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You confess the sins of the day, and you know that you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ that takes away all your sins. You are a baptized child of God you know that perfect, pure freedom is already yours by promise, and it is coming. You close your eyes to sleep, as if practicing death. That's exactly what we are doing. So that every night when we close our eyes and sleep, we're practicing death, entrusting ourselves to God's hand that he will raise us from the dead. In the morning we rise, and yes, we feel the flesh and the old creation with all its negativity, but in the morning we rise, and we once again make the sign of the cross, and we practice the resurrection. I am baptized into Christ. I am rising. About the time those thoughts of who we're working for and who we're working with start to get us down, we remember, I am working for God. It is His holy vocatio, his holy vocation that calls me to serve my neighbor this day. I aim to please him and to do for others what God, my God, has already done for me. We go about our days joyfully and renewed in our vocation, confessing our sins and living in the daily and rich forgiveness of sin. Daily life is changed and transformed by Easter. So are our weeks, by the way. As we march along through daily life, we hit Sunday, the first day of the week, the day of our Lord's resurrection, the day of the rising of the new sun, and we are reminded each and every Sunday that we are already participants in a new creation. And those weeks become a year, and we see that even now we have a new year given to us. While this world counts its year by orbiting the sun, we count our year by orbiting Christ, our sun, the first half his life, the second half his teaching. Already all things are being made new. And most importantly of all, As we march through this world, we are not simply marching toward death. For by Christ's death, he has trampled death. Indeed, he has transformed death. Jesus Christ is the firstborn from the dead. Which means he has made the tomb into a womb. And as we go forth into death, we go forth into birth. It is as that ancient saying goes, you have to die before you die so that when you die, you won't die. You die in the waters of holy baptism and you will never die again. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. By the glory of the Father, that we might walk in newness of life. Let us then, each one of us, set about our business, walking in this newness. Celebrating it, enjoying it, and perceiving it. Let us come out of the old, fallen creation. For the new creation has come with forgiveness, life, and joy. The Son of Righteousness has dawned upon us this Easter morn. His light has banished the darkness of our sin. His resurrection and warmth have banished the coldness of death. Arise and shine, O Christians. Your light has come. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.